0: Damn you Eric Bischoff you could say cuz Eric was the one during the Monday Night Wars who really hot-shotted pay-per-view quality matches to win the Nitro versus Raw battle but the thing is you can't keep giving away quality matches matches that you'd usually save for pay-per-view you can't keep expecting quality week after week and provide quality week after week. And that was the case with Wednesday's episode of AW Dynamite. Which was good. It was never bad. Their ring psychology and long story angles are too good for it to be bad. But nothing happened That was noteworthy and that's something that NXT seemed to be good at so let's see what happened this week well first up we've got the open challenge and I'm liking the open challenge because you never know with the open TNT challenge with Cody you never know what you're gonna get and this week we got something different because they've got Eddie Kingston I really hope he's just on a sabbatical from NWA and that NWA is still around. I'd hate to see, considering the rumours about the selling of NWA, hate to see that disappear. I love that programme and I love that new federation. But this was wonderful because Eddie Kingston is a brawler. So we didn't have a technical match-up. We first of all had one of those Eddie Kingston, I came up the hard way. Four Yorkshiremen. Promos. You were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I I came up with crack addicts and whores. All of that. I've seen him do it so often. It becomes happening after a while, but he had... A bit of extra push this week and that really worked on this program their match was good too of course Cody won he's the white meat baby face, of course he's gonna win but it was good to see a bit of rough-and-tumble this week we even had some thumbtacks which Cody was powerbombed onto which is was great to see so it was really nice to see some nastiness Not just technical, wonderful stuff, but some nastiness. I wonder if Kingston will be back next week. He was very angry to lose. So that was a good way to start the programme. But then we segued into one of their other fantastic go-to wrestlers, wonderful cocky heel MJF. He's great. He's a fantastic character and a great wrestler but this was just to remind us that he was there he came down with Wardlow, he uh, squashed a jobber, he was reminded by the jobber that he wasn't unbeaten because he lost a tag team match but he wasn't pinned, got angry, brutalized him that's about it. It's okay but it doesn't show MJF in the best light and they really should be doing something more with him if they want to grow him And straight into another surprisingly actually go-to heel, Dr. Britt Baker She works very good with this role model work. We've seen her um we see the operation on her nose which we don't necessarily need to see a picture of, particularly not if you're eating your dinner at the same time. But she talks about her adversity and how she's come through. She's there with Tony Schiavone who's become a great stooge for this. Lovely work from him. And the line which I'll take away is her talking about Icons of the sport and screaming into the camera. I am Michael Jordan That was great to hear We've had one Wrestling match and we've got three promos. This is the issue with impact Last week because we're straight into a Taz promo but because this is a Taz promo with uh, cage in the background shaking his head and looking all serious Because it's Taz, it couldn't be so bad. He explained to us that throwing in the towel um, at Fight for the Fallen was a business decision. He sold that. That worked very well. The psychology and the work through of that and the logic of that seems absolutely right. And Taz has got Ricky Starks, who was also, of course, from NWA or previously at NWA, to join him. And Cage, and I hope this is the beginning of a stable. I'd love to see Taz with a stable similar to Bobby Heenan's stable, something like that. That would be lovely to see. But of course, Darby Allen comes out, so another one of their go to guys. He's getting back from injury. He was there last week at Fight for the Fallen. He intervenes, which of course brings out John Moxley, their champion, who's also. Another go-to guys, they really have an embarrassment of riches at the moment and that's because of the good work they've done to get these wrestlers over. But Mox does the usual thing, comes in, gets intense, they leave, nothing else happens. But there'll be a tag team match in the works, won't there? Oh yes they will, because later on we explain that Tony Khan has just signed that tag team match with Mox and Darby Allen. Versus Cajun Starks for next week. Khan seems to be signing things very quickly. And he'll do more later on in this program. It would be lovely to have a wrestling match. Right about now. But we don't. We have the Inner Circle. And Jericho selling the orange bath from last week. Still wearing the same, same jacket. Which apparently costs $7,000. I've seen the same thing in TK Maxx. And apparently it's worth $7,000. And it's white and now stained with orange and smells of orange. He does sell this while Jake Hager makes faces in the back um, which are reminiscent to the faces that Smash made in the WWF. They're funny and ridiculous at the same time. Jericho can always be relied on to give us a good promo. And this was only good. Not great. The punchline was good. He asks, Does my jacket still smell of orange? He's told yes. The punchline is, Damn it! And he storms off. That was good. But the rest of it was only okay. Can we have a wrestling match now, please? Ah, yes we can. And this should have been the main event. This was the Force Count Anywhere match between the Young Bucks and the Butcher and the Blade. We start of course in the kitchen because the Butcher and the Blade clad in aprons are preparing meat. And what the force count anywhere seemed to um, consist of when they're in the kitchen was people being slammed onto, onto metal tables and using baking trays. Metal tray kicked to the face Several fours on a metal table and then um, wrestled out of there, thrown into a truck, jump out of a truck. Arabian face buster with a baking tray. It's a nice little wrinkle. Sabu's ears pricked up when he saw that. Then we get back into the ring. There's nothing special here, apart from Blade missing a huge... He misses everything on a huge dive out of the top and, and face plants more or less, which is great. But the ending is something a little special because the ending from the young books is double elbows through tables from the scaffolding by the entranceway. That's a great way to end it. And very few tag teams can do that. The books are something special. It did go along this this match. It did tell a story. It wasn't full of high spots. We could have done with a few more. But it was very nicely paced. Oh, who's this? It's Jake Roberts. My, my, isn't he sweaty? And he's with, he's with Lance Archer. That seemingly unbeatable wrestling star. We see him going into the dressing room, the locker room, and beating up some jobbers. He's talking to Alex Marvez after doing that but he doesn't seem able to get his words out he's so winded that he can't what did you say what what, what was that Lance can't hear you you seem to be gasping for breath mate I'm already sick and tired of Archer's stick Listen, if you want somebody who looks unbeatable, if you want a real monster, don't give him the name of the Murder Hawk and don't let him use his own name. Don't let him call himself Lance. No one's going to be frightened of a Lance. Too late now, though. Quick! We've announced a women's tournament. Better get some women for it. So we have Diamante and we have Ivalise. JR tells us they're both 10-year veterans. Coincidentally, eh? And this match is so important that during it we cut to Big Swall. Was ever a name as bad as Big Swall? Surely not. Doing a promo on Britt Baker. That's how important this match was. Diamante wins. It was a match. Let's move on. So now we have Hangman Page, who is another really over-excellent um, excellent wrestling star for the A- for AW, fighting Alan Angels, who's now called Five because he's part of the Dark Order. It's so poor that JR makes fun of it, calling Alan Five Angels. If your announcers are making fun of this, you've not got this over. But Page does have great charisma, and because of that, and because of the way they need to sell him, Five got almost no offence in. Page wins, Brody is out on the... Mr. Brody is out on on the walkway, takes Colt Cabana away, while the rest of the Dark Order beat him up. Who enters to make the save? FTR and they're doing really well with this. Who are they allying themselves with in their tag team division? Which is a hot 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 division. And who comes out to help him as well? Just slightly late, Kenny Omega. That works really well and I'm very interested to see what happens in this particular feud, in this particular angle and in the tag team division. And the tag team shenanigans continue in your main event. Not that this should have been the main event. It's the main event because you've got the inner circle out there. But really, it should be the Falls Count Anywhere match. This is uh, Jericho. um, And this is Jake Hager versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And their mates out there, of course. And this is an okay match. It's nothing special. The most exciting thing is Luchasaurus has very bloody left ear which is very interesting couldn't see how he got that it was a fine match there was some interesting action but nothing really special Luchasaurus was something special when he started but the more we see him the less interesting he seems to be and they need to build him up into a kind of mystical mythical heel as Jericho says earlier on He's not a real dinosaur. I'm sorry to upset you, but he's not a real dinosaur. But he could be something special if they gave him the time. At the moment, they don't seem to be doing that. So the match came and went. It was okay. Hager's a big bag of nothing. I've always said this. Don't think he was a great MMA fighter. Saw his fights. Wasn't great. Don't think he's a great wrestler. Don't think he's a great talker. Think he pulls a lot of faces. Think he gets winded quite easily. Think he's a big bloke. But there are loads of wrestlers like that. Not sure they should be hitching their wagon to him particularly. As JR says when do you think he's going to break out? He's had the chances. Never because he's not good enough or charismatic enough to do that. Of course at the end of the match what we get is Orange Cassidy coming out. Yet another fantastically over Wrestler for AEW. They really do have this. They really do have this ability to make wrestlers, to really get them over among the wrestling community. And he comes out with best friends, fights them all off. And suddenly, Tony Khan, we're hearing, is making another match for next week, which is best friends and Orange Cassidy and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus the Inner Circle. That Tony Khan, he's got his finger on the pulse. One would almost think this had been predetermined, wouldn't one. And that's how we leave it. It's not bad. We had some wrestling matches. They weren't great. One was pretty fine. The first match was good too. But this was just a plate warmer. This wasn't a fantastic night's entertainment. And they can do better than this. But when everything's under the mark under the microscope, when we're looking at who's winning, when we're looking at what demographic, and remember, Jericho now calls himself the demo god because they do better in the in the demographic from 18 to 49. And that's the sweet spot demographic. They do better than NXT for that, but NXT do better than them generally in ratings. When you're looking at that every week and you're trying to hotshot, some weeks that simply won't work. AEW, I think, is a federation for the future. But even great federations have some weeks that are just okay. This week's A.W. episode, A.W. Dynamite, ramble rating of three and a half out of five. Not bad, could do better and certainly will do better. Ta-ta!